Blog Talk Radio. of rock and roll comparisons and contrasts. I'm Lena Stagg of the Recipe Records cookbook series. And you, yes, were just listening to the fabulous Rolling Stones who are kicking off our first episode of the She Said, She Said Beatles versus Stones debate. Recipe Records are a series of rock and roll cookbooks that incorporate rock history, facts, trivia, photos, and clever recipes that are themed for music genres and bands. And I am her co-host, Jude Sutherland-Kessler. I'm the author of the John Lennon series, which is a nine-volume expanded biography. And what does that really mean? Well, it is a narrative history. It's written as a narrative, but it's researched and documented so that you're getting what the Beatles really said, wore, ate, did, so forth and so on. And today, Lane and I are going to use our perspective backgrounds, hers in all genres of music, especially rock and roll, and mine in the Beatles, to, as Lena said, debate that age-old question about the Rolling Stones versus the Beatles. You know, it is weird, but there was only one time in history during a decade that music fans had to choose. And in the 1960s, it was an unwritten rule. You could either love the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. It wasn't an either-or question, and there was no possibility of and. It's the truth. I've been debating this with my brother-in-law for like 30 years now, and there's no middle ground. I mean, look, even today, if you want to determine someone's personality, you can say Beatles or Stones, and their answer says a lot about them. (laughs) Yes, it certainly does. Well, a couple of weeks ago, someone asked Jude that very question, and not surprisingly, she said that without a doubt, the greatest band in history was the Beatles. And turning to Lena, they asked her the same question, and she said, and guys, I can barely force myself to say this, she said that the greatest rock and roll band of all time was the Stones. And that gave us an idea. We began a series of debates on the topic, comparing and contrasting the Beatles and the Stones in five categories that we felt would cut straight through the fluff and reveal these rockers as who they really were. Yep, we did a little 
tour in which we visited a great Beatles store called Octopus's Garden in Louisville, Kentucky. If you haven't visited there, it is fantastic. And then we went right on to John Logan College in Illinois where we talked to the students there about Beatles versus the Stones. And we thought it was so much fun and people seemed to enjoy it that we thought over the next few months we would bring this to you. And we'll be looking at these two supergroups in five categories, as Lena said, accomplishments, that's today, their backgrounds and childhoods, what their motivation was to become rockers, what influences really touched them and changed their lives, and then in our final show, we'll concentrate on the music and our closing comments. And we hope by the end of this year that you will have a clearer understanding of who the Beatles and the Stones were where they came from, and why they wanted to record, and also who helped them get there. And I certainly hope that by the end of this year, because we're going to do this every three weeks, which will really take us up to the end of 2017. So by the time that we get there, I'm hoping you're going to be firmly in the camp of the Fab Four, the lads from Liverpool, as it were, the Beatles. Or you're going to be 100% convinced that the greatest rock and roll band of all time was the Rolling Stones. So, Jude, if you're ready, I'll let you kick it off with a few of the accomplishments of the Beatles. I am so ready, ready, Teddy, to rock and roll. We're going to get right into it. Now, guys, every one of you, whether you're a Stones fan or a Beatles fan, you have to know that to begin to list all of the accomplishments of the Beatles, it would take us uh, a week. There's no way we could do it in the time that we have together. I mean, just if you want to go to nitpicky details, the Beatles are the very first group who ever even conceived of putting lyrics on the back of an album cover. I mean, that's just one of the small things that they did, and yet look at the way that it changed music. They're the first band that broke that two-minute glass ceiling for songs. I mean, before the Beatles, songs had to be two minutes. That's it. They stepped over that line, and we never went back from there. They said that doesn't have to be the way it is, and they changed everything. Well, some of their more prominent accomplishments include the fact that of their 12 albums, guess how many went to number one? 11, 11 of the 12 went to number one, and not just in the U.K., but in America, in Canada, Australia, across the board. They had 18 singles, beginning with From Me to You, and of the 18, 17 went straight to number one. That's a record never broken by any other group. And at one time in 1964, this is one of the events I'm writing about right now in Volume 4 of the John Lennon series, the Beatles had on the charts number five, number four, number three, number two, and number one simultaneously. And this is big because if you know Beatles history, you know that the Beatles didn't record Please Please Me until February. Um, so the year is six weeks, it's six weeks into the year when they even record Please Please Me. But when it comes out, it tops the UK charts, not for 10 weeks or 15 weeks, but for 30 weeks. That is almost the rest 
of that year. And we're going to listen to a little of the title song from that miraculous LP. Well, bless your heart, Jude. Those are all stunning accomplishments, but the Stones are no slouches when it comes to hits either. The band's collected multiple hits, including eight number one singles, such as Get Off of My Cloud, Angie, and Satisfaction. They have had 12 number one albums. They had 38 albums that were in the top 10. Sticky Fingers, Goat's Head Soup, those were both number one albums. And over the past 50 plus years together, the Stones have had 21 singles that were in the top 10. So here's one of the songs that made it up to number two. Yeah, without a doubt, that is a fantabulous song. I mean, they definitely are hard-charging, hard-rocking, and I don't think I've ever been to a football game that didn't start with that song. I mean, it's, it is – there's no See? doubt about it. See? Yep. I, I, have to give, I have to give you props. I have to give you props. And the Beatles <laughs> definitely were not together for 50-plus years. I mean, they were only together from August of 1962 when Ringo joins up to 1970. But – but in that time frame, we got to say it, they've sold more records than any other band in history. EMI tells us that they have sold a billion units worldwide, a billion. They've sold 21.9 million singles, and that's more singles than any other band in history. And if you go back only two years to 2015, when they put out their their First, they started streaming. They were coming on Spotify, on Pandora. They had more number one hits than any other group in history, 20 all total. And the number's even higher now because Spotify held them at the number one slot in 2016, and Pandora has charted the tops with their records. They've won 10 Grammys. They've won 15 Ivor Novello Awards. And just a few of the Grammy accomplishments are the fact that they won Best Performance for a Vocal Group with A Hard Day's Night, and then, posthumously, they won Best Performance for a Group with a Vocal when they released Free as a Bird. So they keep on keeping on, especially with this song. This LP won Album of the Year, and this year, again, it's shot back to number one. Here it is. 
all well and good, but have you ever heard the saying that less is more? Um, It is true. The Beatles may have statistics that eclipse the sun, Jude, but how do you measure accomplishments by tallying numbers, or do you measure their statistics in terms of performance art and dedication to their craft and, most importantly, dedication to their fans. The Stones set the bar for all other rock bands, and they were innovators as well in performance art. For instance, on their 1969 tour, they were the first band to hang speakers to achieve better sound for their fans, and they also hung lights so that... um, they would just have a better visual experience for their audience. Those were those were innovative moves at the time. And in 1972, they developed a complex light show where they hung giant mirrors and bounced the light off of them. And in 1975, they continued their circus tricks by using multiple stages and props such as inflatables and other items, but those were unheard of. And innovation at its finest in 1981, they included giant video screens so that their fans could see the show from wherever they were sitting. Each tour brought increased sophistication and attention to the detail of the concert because they were devoted to their fans. They appreciated their fans paying the ticket prices, and they wanted to bring them a fabulous production, much in the same way that Broadway productions were performed. It's only rock and roll, but the fans, well... They like it. of concert showmanship. I mean, and these are things that are staples today. I mean, I just saw Paul McCartney in Bossier City, and he's using all the things that, that you're talking about, you know, the jumbotrons and the lights and all that. And so, you know, we have to give a nod to the Stones for developing that for all of us because it definitely enhanced the concert experience. Uh, but <laughs> there's always but, a but. <laughs> with the Beatles, take the field at Shea Stadium, and this Tom Frangione just mentioned this on Sirius XM on the Fab Forum about three weeks ago. When they run on that Shea Stadium field, they are creating the concept of the stadium concert because it's never been done before that moment. There is no pattern 
for it. This There's no template. When they run out there at Chase Stadium, they are doing something that no other band has done before. So, yes, other people take it and they improve on it, but the Beatles create it. Furthermore, they are the first rock and roll band ever to take the boards of Carnegie Hall. I mean, Carnegie Hall is devoted to Frank Sinatra's and to symphonies and to classical music, but the Beatles push in rock and roll to Carnegie Hall, and that is incredible. And, of course, in 65, when Queen Elizabeth gives them the uh, MBE, the members of the Order of the British Empire Award, that's the first time that award has ever gone to anyone in England who isn't a war veteran or who hasn't done some fantastic civic thing for England. And so people say, well, then, you know, why in the world did the Beatles even deserve it? Well, first of all, economically, you remember they're being taxed what we, you know, in the last election, Bernie Sanders talked about taxing at 95%. That's what the Beatles were being taxed at. That's why George wrote Taxman, protesting against the fact that you would work your guts out to have 95% of your income taken from you. So they're making big-time money for England. But the real advantage is that they are forging the way for other British bands to succeed before the Beatles no British band succeeds. I mean, America is the home of rock and roll. But after the Beatles, you have Herman's Hermits and the Tremolos and the Dave Clark Five, and oh yeah, that other band that they paved the way for. The band that John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote this next song for, and it became The Stones' first number one. Here it is. I wanna be your lover, baby. I wanna be your man. I wanna be your lover, baby. I wanna be your man. Love you like no other, baby. Like no other can. Love you like no other, baby. Like no other can. I wanna be your man. 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 Well, the Beatles may have helped get the Stones rolling, as it were, but Mick and Keith and Brian and Charlie and Bill, they needed no help after that point. In fact, the top statistics for grossing tour revenue have gone to the Stones three times in the top 12 grossing concerts of all time. In their 2005-2007 tour, they grossed $645 million, and the average attendance at each show was 32,500 screaming fans. <laughs> and longevity? The Stones can't be bested there. The Rolling Stones formed in 1962, and they are still together today, 55 years later. In fact, the Stones have just kicked off a new world tour uh, on September 9th in Europe. It's called the Stones No Filter Tour. They're still so hip and so relevant. They are playing in Hamburg, Munich, Amsterdam, um, I heard Paris and Zurich and some, you know, tons of other cities. The Stones are enthusiastic and they are treating the European fans to such great 
great classic songs as Gimme Shelter, Jumpin' Jack Flash, and Brown Sugar. Will it be the last time they do this? I don't know, but I do know it is going to be great. together for 55 years is a very impressive accomplishment. I mean, that is a friendship that has lasted the test of time for sure. And it's absolutely true that the Beatles split in 1970, and since then, fate has definitely conspired to see that they will never get back together again and never tour again. But, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) One of their Grammy Awards, we talked about a few minutes ago, Free as a Bird, was awarded posthumously in the 1990s, and the Fab Four truly are as popular as they ever were. We go to the Fest for Beatles fans twice a year in New York and Chicago, and what do you see? You see the millennials there. It's full of millennials, not just baby boomers, but plenty of millennials. In 2017, at the beginning of this year, The best-selling album of the year was an album that was celebrating its 50th anniversary. And, of course, we all know it's Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. And in 2016, when Spotify started streaming the Beatles after a long clamor for them to do so, the Beatles held the number one slot in the download charts for the next six months. Pandora, every day that I go out running, switch on my Pandora on my iPhone and I can either listen to the Beatles channel or the John Lennon channel or the Paul McCartney channel. Um, (laughs) It is only rock and roll, but the Beatles have three rock and roll Pandora channels available for people to listen to. So despite fate and the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, they're still living on and rocking on. Well, so do the Stones. They have accomplished truly uh, notable things throughout their career. One of the notable concerts they performed was in 1998 when they performed in Russia after being banned from the country since the 60s. And in 2006, they were the first international rock band to play in China. But one really notable achievement that they have under their belts is in in 2016, they played a free concert in communist Cuba. They break all barriers, and they keep on keeping on no matter what. 
It is impressive. I mean, it definitely is. A picture of them in front of that airplane taking off on their no-filter tour, you got to hand it to them. Uh, they've, they've got boundless energy. So, JDs and Lents, as John Lennon would finally say, those are just a few of the accomplishments of our two super groups. And over the next few months, they're going to continue to vie for the title of the greatest rock and roll band of all time. And so if, and I know you do, want to learn more about the Beatles, might I suggest the John Lennon series, which details the story of the Beatles from John's birth all the way through the meeting of John and Paul and George's introduction into the group and Ringo coming on board right through those years of Beatlemania and beyond. So you can check it out at johnlennonseries.com, where if you would pre-order Volume 4, which will be out in March of 2018, I will send you a lovely little notepad that says the John Lennon series. It's a faux leather with a little post-it note set included. would love to send that gift your way. And... If you're rooting for the Stones and would like to learn more about them, please pick up a copy of my new book, The Rolling Scones, Let's Spend the Bite Together. I have lots of stone stories and history waiting there for you to learn as well as great recipes to share with your family, such as I Can't Get Toast Satisfaction, and many, many others. You can check it out at lanastag.com. Be sure, you, even if you don't want to pick up a copy of the books today, go to our websites and sign up for our newsletters. Jude, again, is johnlennonseries.com, and you'll have a box come up immediately asking for your email address so that you can stay up on all of the information through our newsletters. And then my newsletter is at lanastag.com. And tell them about your Facebook Live event that you did yesterday. Oh, yes. Well, if you uh, go to my personal Facebook page, you can see the video I uh, recorded on Saturday, which displays a recipe from the Rolling Rolling Scones cookbook. It is a prime rib recipe that was so fabulous. So you can check that out on my personal Facebook page. I'm going to try to get it onto um, my other, my author Facebook page next next time. But I'll be giving uh, giving some more cooking demonstrations coming up. So keep keep following me on Facebook. Now, having spent a week at her house, let me tell you, she is the best cook on the face of the earth. Every Wednesday night. We have recipe records night at our house, and I make one of the recipes from the recipe records cookbook series, and I think it's when my husband (laughs) is the happiest, there's no doubt. But before we close tonight, we have a special invitation for you. If you're listening and you happen to live within driving distance of Monroe, Louisiana, which is located in the northeast corner of Louisiana, so if you live in Mississippi, Arkansas, even Texas, We would love to have you join us at the 36th annual John Lennon birthday party. It is not going to be this year on John's birthday because the 9th, which is his birthday, falls on a Monday, and we didn't think a lot of people would feel like getting out and partying and having fun. So we are going to have it on October the 14th at Enoch's 
Irish pub on Louisville Avenue in Monroe, Louisiana. This has been going for 36 years. It's been twice recognized by Yoko as the official birthday party. We're going to have a gigantic linen birthday cake, a toast to John on Facebook Live at 9, of course, p.m. Central, and live music by Louisiana Hall of Famer Kenny Bill Stinson. So join us if you can. Until then... Excuse me. When it comes to the Beatles and the Stones, you might want to follow the advice of another great band from the 60s, the Love and Spoonful. You'd better go home, son, and make up your mind. And to help you do just that, we'll be back in three weeks with another episode of the Beatles vs. Stones on She Said, She Said. We're going to focus on the backgrounds and the unique childhoods for these two bands, and we're going to look and and see how those characteristics shaped the Beatles and the Stones into rockers. Until then, I wish you food for thought, food for the soul, food for the love of rock and roll. Hello to Dara and to Ra, everyone. Shine on.